0: Please be seated. I want to invite uh, uh, Andrea and uh, Jairo to please come here. Please come up. One of the things that we see in the New Testament church, please come up here. Yes, with Gyro, is that uh, when you follow the doctrines of the apostle, break bread together in simplicity and pray and follow the Lord, it pleases the heart of God. And God adds souls to the church daily. Um, and we have um, we have Jairo and, uh, and Andrea that have decided to join our church and use and serve uh, here in this place. And so let's welcome them. Let's welcome them, right? <clears throat> Can you just share a little bit what made you come join this church you can tell your name and if you don't mind yes okay uh, sorry for my English is not so good and I'm just came from Brazil and uh, uh, we uh, were trying to find some place to worship our Lord Jesus Christ Uh, we we always uh, you know came to a Baptist church in Brazil so we try to find some place where we feel comfortable and very welcome so that's the place that we are feeling like that so we are so happy to join to this church thank you and we only thank god for that and we are really happy amen amen and yes you you can tell your you can tell your name and one thing that you like about the church (laughs)
1: Hello, my name is Sandra. I'm from Brazil. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm happy to see you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. I'm Shami. <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> We're welcome. Let's welcome them. We're glad they're here. Um, uh, in the New Testament, there is a right hand of fellowship. And this was given to Paul and Barnabas in the beginning. The church came together laid hands on them and prayed for them. What it means is to say that we will support you in the kingdom ministry with the gifts and talent that God has given you. So at Santa Clara First Baptist Church, we want to welcome you and to say that here to serve, this towel is here to remind you that you're here to serve God alone. God alone and no one else. So we want to welcome you with this towel here to serve. Yes. Thank you. Again. And uh, let's give them a big hand and welcome again. Yes, thank you for coming. Yes. At this time, um, this is one of the important things that we do at the church, is to train our kids. And today they're going to learn on, uh, uh, bring your care unto me. And uh, that if you're heavy laden and burdened, Uh, bring it to me and I'll take care of you. That's what the kids are going to learn. They're all going to to craft with their hands how they can be helping hands to other people. So let's give a big hand to the parents and the volunteers and teachers. All right? And let's send them to Kids' Zone. Kids, yes. Oh. (laughs) Yes. Hey, yes. Yes. And let's call the referee up for ministry update here. Come on. Yes.
2: Good morning. Well, I've got this interesting outfit on. Uh, There's something happening today. I don't know, something on TV about some sporting event. Do you guys know about this? Go Sharks. I like that. Oh, are they playing right now? What's the score, Lisa? Thank you for the update. Um, We have Super Bowl 52, and uh, I have some really great news. We've got 70 pounds of tri-tip. We've got like 12 pounds of nacho cheese and chips. We've got all kinds of other goodies in store. We've got hot dogs. We've got everything we got. I've heard a bunch of people bringing chili for the chili cook-off, so there's all kinds of samples. Isn't that great? You guys are easy. Here's the really great news. Just two days ago, we got a, I got a text from Pastor. There are 17 men coming from City Team San Francisco that are coming to our Super Bowl event here. Now that is something to celebrate. That doesn't include whoever's coming from San Jose. Okay? So we have quite a few people that are coming for the first time, maybe for the first time, setting foot on a church property. So I've gone to the men's ministry uh, uh, Sunday morning class, and I'm, I'm petitioning to you. If you're available, come down today. You don't have to like the game. You don't have to like the commercials. But just come down and, and, and hang out with the people that are going to be there for the first time. They're going to have new people here. And how much more is it that we can just come and fellowship with them and celebrate with them and have fun with them in a really non-threatening way? Right? So I want to just encourage you. It start, The doors open at 2.30. I think the game starts at like 3.23 or something weird like that. Uh, we want to encourage you to come. And just even if you can just stop by for a little bit, I think you'll be blown away by how this can this event can really reach the people in our community and beyond because we've reached San Francisco. All right. Amen. 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 All right. So quickly, if you can grab the connection cards and the pew chairs in front of you, we want to have you fill those out. Take a moment to fill them out. Uh, the offering's going to be pretty soon, so we want to make sure you get that filled out. If you have any prayer requests or praises, take a moment, write it on the back, and uh, our staff meets weekly, and we will pray over those requests, we'll celebrate those praises. We want to encourage you to continue to communicate with us so that we know how we can be supporting you, okay? Um, if you're a first-time guest, please do not turn that card in the offering plate. We have a special gift to say thank you at our Welcome Center on our way out. Um, with that being said, now I'd like to call up Ms. Rosa Flores, if you would come on up. A lot of you may not know, but Ms. Rosa Flores is, in, is our, one of our newer board members. She filled in temporarily um, uh, when we had Jonathan step out, but she has now been elected to our board, but she's also someone that helps manage our JW House ministry, and I'm going to let her share a little bit about the JW House ministry.
1: How do we bless this morning? Amen. We are right. In Spanish, we said, "Yo me alegré con los que me decían a la casa de Jehová iremos." I'm so thankful for Yairo and his wife because my English is bad. Okay, <laughs> and I was trembling every time that I stepped in the pulpit because for me this is a sacred place. Uh, what is JW House? JW House is an uh, institution that is behind. It's a small house no no, small big house, uh, behind uh, um, Kaiser Permanente right here in Santa Clara. Uh, they start this with a dream or a kid. The kid never saw the dream become fulfilled. But uh, it, all the organizations can help and they serve dinner 365 days a year, no matter what. You know, it's a warm, home-cooked food for people uh, that is taking care of a loved one. In the hospital. You have no idea how amazing it is when you see these people come, tired, worried, you know, but they come and sit and you can go and talk to them. It's not just to serve the food, but, you know, talk to them, you know, encourage them. You know, it's, it's very close to my heart because I was there once. You know, my family received a dinner when my son was. Hospitalized, so it's very close to my heart, and I just want to thank each and every person that has helped me through the last almost eighteen months. That this church gave me the opportunity to serve the Lord. Um, we, I was commenting my, my kids that this is a church open for all races of the world. We had the opportunity at J.W. House to serve dinner to many people, all colors all kind of people, young, older, everyone. So I'm so thankful for that, and I want to encourage each and every one of you guys to please help. This is not my ministry. This is a church ministry. And you are not capable to, uh, to cook for 30 people. That's how much we cook. It's okay. Just bring salad. Just bring uh, dessert. You can help. You can go shopping. Just talk to me. I can go and do it for you. Thank you, and I thanks the Lord for the opportunity that he has given me and give us to serve him. God bless you. Thank you. How often? Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay.
2: Oh. How often do we do this?
1: Once a month is the fourth Tuesday of every month, but sometimes, like uh, last week, they have an emergency, and we can cook for them. So please, it's at 5.30. You know, the food needs to be there at JW House. Thank, Thank you, you Rosa.
0: Okay. Thank you. I think uh, that uh, that sets the tone for us for taking the offering. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward and as the they, as the ushers are coming forward, I'm going to pray uh, so we can take the offering. Shall we look to the Lord in prayer. Dear God our Father thank you for blessing us with the stories of how our church members are helping other people it it reveals your heart it reveals your generosity and hospitality that we can be a part of healing we can be a part of change and transformation and blessings so we thank you lord for this hour where you are focusing us again on what you have done for us, that you have given your Son, Jesus Christ, to heal us, to transform us, to change us, and above all, to love us, Lord. May we feel that as we come at this hour of worship where we bring our tithes and offering. and We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we take the offering, I want to remind you that uh, this is our national focus that we want to celebrate uh, on cultivating leadership and uh, developing uh, uh, discipleship and also healing the community. And you are a part of it. As you look at some of the stories that has been shared, most of the work that we have done in this community is because of who you are, because of your generosity. You have touched some people's life that you have never met. You know, in the streets of San Francisco, your love has ventured out there. In the slums of India, your love has ventured out there. In the heart of an orphan, your love has ventured out there. In a place in Africa, your love has ventured out there. In a place in South America, your love has ventured out there. You know, in Santa Clara, your love has ventured out there and touched and connected people. It's because of your generosity. And I want to thank God that you take partnership with God seriously. And so I want to give you a big hand again this morning. All right, Good job. Santa Clara, First Baptist Church. And... uh, this morning, I want to go back to the Vision 2020. And Vision 2020 is knowing God's vision and serving God's dream. Okay, We have our own vision and our dream in our life. But I want to talk about God's vision and God's dream. Because this is in relation to the Santa Clara First Baptist Church Vision 2020 that we talked about more than a year ago. And there were three things that was brought up in that vision 2021, is that we will do our best and strive our best to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember that? That our church will be known for sharing the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the second one is also to help take care of the poor, that we will really invest in people that are in need and take care of them. And the third one is making impact locally and globally through our gifts and talents. And as I go back there again, I was reminded from the scripture in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. This is from prophet Joel in chapter 2. And uh, Peter was uh, making a uh, using the language, the words that the prophet Joel has spoken, and he said, "Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams." I'm going to preach this in two part, and today we want to talk about the young men shall see see visions, and next Sunday we will talk about your old men shall dream dreams. So this would be the part one. And the next one will be the part two. And the following Sunday, we're looking at making a difference in our community and even among ourselves with medical ministry. And so I am excited about this month of what the Lord is going to do here at the church. So we talk about the three visions. The three visions of sharing the gospel. The three visions of taking care of the poor and making local and global impact. And today we will look at one of the three focuses, one of them, and that is to make a local and global impact. And this, I want it to be beyond just a cool catchphrase, okay? Because you have heard the word think global and act local. Maybe if you're hearing it for the first time, it means that our eyes are on the world as we do things here in Santa Clara. That the action that we take here in Santa Clara is impacting globally. And how do we do that? Because we want to look at the impact. How is our church impacting on people's life? How are we impacting change and transformation in this city and also around the world? I want to show a short video here and looking at how we can impact and partner with God in God's kingdom. when we talk about making an impact we have talked about here that we should make an education impact in people's life that if you give an education to a kid that nobody can take away those education from them you may have a house and people can take your house away you may have a car and people can take your car away You may have belonging and stuff in your life and those can be taken away from you. But One of the things that people cannot take away from you is if you have education. If you impact the lives of people and provide them education, they can stand on their own feet and be a person dignified and proud of who they are. We all know that God makes His vision known. It is God who makes His vision known. And those things require action. When God spoke to His people, He was, he was saying in Numbers 12, I am the one that makes vision known to people. And I am the one that speaks into you my dream. God is the one who speaks dreams into you. God is the one who makes His vision known. And today I, want to, today I want to talk about vision. And you may say, here comes the dreamer. This is the dreamer, here comes the dreamer. But I want to share the vision again. Before I came here to Santa Clara First Baptist Church, I was praying. I was waiting on the Lord. And I thought I saw a vision before I came here. And the vision was that God has set an open door for this church. And what does that mean? That an open door is an open doors of opportunity. That the church will be able to reach the city with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That there will be fire and passion in the heart of people to take the gospel out in the city. And I thought I saw that people were excited about sharing the gospel, and seeing the transformation of people's lives. And as I saw that vision, there was a passion in me, there was excitement built up. I thought I saw a door that was open, that God had opened the door. I thought I saw the vision of a door being open, that there isn't a door of an opportunity, that you may be a small church, you may not have the strength like other big church. But I have set an open door for you. That there is a door of opportunity. I thought I saw the vision of a door opened by God. For this church. And I thought I saw that we have to walk through that door. That even if God has set an open door for us. It requires it requires our action. And it requires that we have to walk through that door. And take and seize those opportunities. And to make it happen. It requires... That we are responsible for the vision that God has given us. I thought I saw that. I thought I saw our church. Having the first passion. And the first love. You know because. One of the scariest things for a pastor is when there is no vision for the church. When there is no vision for the church, the church will die. The people will die. When you read in Proverbs 29, verse 8. When there is no vision, the people perish. In some other translation it says, where there is no restraint, the people will perish. If the church is without restraint, if the church are wandering aimlessly without direction, it will perish. When the members are running amok, And running aimlessly and running aimlessly. Without direction, you will fall. And you will perish. It is my greatest fear that when there is no vision. When God does not speak. When when there is no more vision. Then we may come up with our own vision. That is not spoken from the mouth of God. That is my fear. But I thought I saw a vision. Santa Clara First Baptist Church. Where God has opened the door for us. And the people were excited for the gospel. And to preach the gospel. How do we preach the gospel? It's not just simply. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the father. But through me. I think it is more than that. How do we preach loving God? How do we preach loving our neighbors? And this morning it says, Young men shall see vision. Young men shall see vision. What is that? This vision that we can see beyond natural things and understanding the spiritual things. How can our young men see this vision? And I want to speak to the young men, including me. Let me consider myself young this morning. How are our young men seeing vision? What is the vision? Are they able to see vision that comes from God? And young people, are you able to see the vision that God is speaking to you? And in this case, are we creating the right environment for young people to see heavenly vision? Is our church creating such an environment... Where our young people are seeing this heavenly vision. Where they are captivated by God's call. And they are inspired. Just as when God spoke to Jeremiah. He was a young boy. He was a teen. He was a young guy. And he said, what do you see? What do you see? And he said, I saw a tree. I, seen, I see an almond tree. And God's telling I'm ready to perform my word. It was this young guy who could not contain the word of God in his heart that was burning like fire that he had to let it out. But Are we creating such environment for our young people to see vision? Because our young people wants stimulation, right? And I want to talk to the parents, including me. We know that overstimulation causes stress and anxiety in young people's life. Right? And you're here and stay with me young people too. Overstimulation causes anxiety and stress and I will explain this to you. Even understimulation causes boredom and it will also create anxiety and stress. From Monday to Saturday, our young people are stimulated. Internet, their gadget that they're using, they're stimulated, their minds are stimulated, there is no rest. For example, when you go to your youth group, when you go to a sleepover, when you have a game night, young people, you're perfectly fine, you're so excited. You're so excited, you're perfectly fine, you had a great time. And then when you go home, within half an hour, you're posting on Instagram, or Snapchat, or Facebook, unlikely, that you are depressed already. You're depressed already. You're so high 30 minutes ago. But outside your group, outside the fun that you have been having, you're having depression within 10 minutes, within 20 minutes. What causes this? It's because we have not experienced solitude. And walking with the Lord. We say in the church, we got to keep our young people stimulated. So they can engage in the sermon. That the sermon is not boring. That's as young people can relate. But we are creating some virtual Addiction. We are creating virtual addiction. This is one of the greatest uh, addiction right now. And you guys are not knowing that you're addicted to this. And when you have this virtual addiction, it is hard to find heavenly vision in the virtual world. So if I stimulate more here by doing a lot of video clips and other things, it might give you engaged but rather I will disengage you so that you can engage on God I would like you to disengage from your devices so you can engage in the Lord so when I ask you what do you see then you can see what God is showing you young people because vision is the imagination of God It's not an imaginary thing. Vision is not an imaginary thing. It's the imagination of God. Are you able to imagine like God? Is He showing you His imagination? And what is it that God is showing you today? And we are responsible for those things. As I get excited, and as I was praying to come to this church... And then we came here and I got inspired and I thought I saw that we should be great at sharing the gospel. I thought I saw that we should be great at taking care of the poor. And I thought I saw that we should make local impact and global impact. I thought I saw that our church should help other smaller churches in our denomination. I thought I saw that our church staff could help other small church staff. I thought I saw that we had people that have a lot of ability that can make an impact for our denomination. And I thought I saw that there were strong men in our church that were raising their hands and lifting up and praising God. And I thought I saw that the young people would be mentored well through those men. You know, but we can have false vision. And that's what you're afraid of. And false vision that doesn't come from God can be a scary thing. And people make blunders and disasters in history of the world. And let's take, for example, Hitler. He had a vision of a fatherland that every country that he conquered, he would reorganize it into a fatherland and make it a socialist country. He was looking at the expansion of the Aryan race. Eliminating, exterminating and expulsion of a a worthless life. That's what he called. And that includes the Jew. But he made a disaster too in his vision. His invasion of Russia. Russia was the downfall. It was not just Russia. Russia. Napoleon. I'm a historian. So Napoleon was one of the greatest military commander. Conqueror. His vision was that he will become the king of Europe. He will become the king of Europe. And by the king of Europe, I think he will rule the world. That was his idea. What happened again? Well, Russia happened again. In 1812, he invaded Russia. Wrong vision. Within two years, he was exiled. It wasn't just Hitler. It wasn't just Napoleon. But even Charles XII, the king of Sweden. What happened to him? Russia happened. It all happened in the winter. Don't attack Russia in winter. You have this false vision. And sometimes it's crashing down. It's crashing down and create human blunder disastrous blunder. And we want to avoid those things. So what do you see? What do you see today, young people? What is God allowing you? I have not been sharing the ministry that we were involved in this church partly because I didn't want the church to feel that I'm pushing my agenda. But as we uh, do ministry together in the staff meeting, our staff will say, Pastor, why don't you share these things? I think there is some relation uh, of life within the church and it may galvanize the church. And those things were also shared in the board and this year I came back and shared more and the board and the staff encourages to say I think we need to hear this as a church so I'm sharing this and I'm sharing the video of the orphanage in India you see those orphans and when you see the pictures what do you see and this is I I did this what do you see You see in the alley, dark, things are not well. But in the struggle, you may find solution of that. As we stood in the slums, what do you see? What do you see as you look on these children? What is it that you see? These two girls came there every day almost every day when I was at the orphanage and the little sister is pounding the sesame seed and trying to make for the other sister came in and talked to them and they were smiling and looking at me what do I see I see two girls that cannot get education I see two girls that are poor that may not have much change in life unless somebody is intervening. I see these two girls not doing better than their parents. I see those smiles will become stressed in their life. I see those innocence will be robbed from them. And they will face the world full of trouble and turmoil. I see girls that are not skilled, that are not talented, because they were not given an opportunity. So what do you see? What do you see? There's a boy without a father. He has smiles on his face. He has hope for his future. He has dreams for his life. But it's not going to happen. He will not be able to make it on his own. How is the church going to help people make their dream come true? How can we journey together? He may not be that brilliant and bright, but he hopes to make an impact in people's life. I see the desperation in a young man whose memory of their parents are faded away. And they're holding on to their dreams and future like they're holding on to a thin straw. What do you see? I see a young boy searching for answers. Hoping that he can hit. A jackpot, if you want to call it. They're all looking for family. As I talk to each of these children, and talk about their aspiration, their dreams, and then as I turn to them, and talk about their parents, all of them, immediately, wants to cry. They're moist tears in their eyes when they talk about their mom and dad. All they're looking for is a family, a sense of belonging. All they're looking for is somebody to love them and care for them. Somebody that can love them unconditionally, be a father figure, be a mother figure. And I do not see that happen if the church do not step up. And education is, is a big part. If we educate them, they can stand on their own feet. So what is it that the young people are seeing today? I take Ray and Shem and Sira to the orphanage because I want them to see. I want them to see. It's very expensive to go to India as a family. It's a lot of money. But why do we do that? Because I want them to see. I want them to see what God is letting them know, opening their eyes to something bigger than their life that they can be a part of. Because the Word of God says in James uh, 1.27 Pure and undefiled religion before God And the father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So young people, I don't see you seeing this if we don't create an environment for you. And if you're overstimulated with your internet, with your virtual world, with your devices, uh, it will be hard for you to feel the pain of other people. It will be hard for you to, to understand the desperation of other people. So one thing we want to do at the church parents is rather than stimulating their mind with a lot of things, I want them to engage to God and feel the heart of God. Smart people will tell you that they don't let their kids use gadgets. I think there is a reason for that. But at church, we try everything the opposite way to make young people come in and get them engaged and tune in by doing a lot of Graphic or a lot of videos or a lot of things to do something more here and stimulate them more. I thought I saw a vision where the young people are hungry for God. That they catch on the fire of the gospel because God touched them and connected them. And I can see that happen only when they disengage from what they're doing from the world they know and engage to God. So what I'm asking the church today is help young people create an environment that they can see what God is showing them. And they can follow to, they can be responsible of the vision that God has given. I pray that our church consider Taking care of the orphans. I pray the church will consider how we can take care of these orphans, because when we were traveling, I will tell this story, and I'm going to ask the worship team um, to come forward. As we were going villages to villages as we're traveling to go to the airport. Um, in one of the villages we were stopped because there's a young boy that doesn't have a mother and father and he doesn't have a place to stay. So we stopped there and we met that young boy and my wife and I said, you can come and stay in our home. So he's staying there now. Right? But there are so many like that. There are so many kids like that. And this home that my wife and we built in 2001, we built it very simple. We didn't have a lot of resources. We didn't have a lot of, we didn't ask a lot of people to help. There was a friend from Chicago that helped. That was it. And we built this home since 2001. But there is a need for more kids to come and stay, and we can't let them come and stay because. We don't have enough resources. My wife and we have done whatever we could. And some of you have given to that even though we didn't make a church-wide push on it. Some of you gave money to us before we went home this time. And we have added three more kids this time when we went home because of the resources that you gave to us. See, the more kids you have, the more staff you need too. And we do not want to commit to something that we cannot take care of long term. And if this is something that God is speaking in your heart, that we should do, not because this is what pastor is doing. Because we do help a lot of people. People that we know, that we don't know. And I was feeling as a pastor, knowing something that I'm doing myself, it could be safe for the church too. That I step away myself instead of pushing my agenda and knowing that this is the right thing to do. So pray about it. And I want you to see what God will let you see. We have the communion today. This table is set for everyone that loves the Lord. And as you can see, there are different stations. There's one station, there's a station at the back. And we have set it up this way so you can have a personal time on your own. Take a moment to contemplate, meditate, and receive the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for you. Receive the bread, the body of Christ that was broken for you. A lot of our church members are sick. They are not well because of flu and cold. I was telling our worship pastor I think this is a great way instead of passing it on it's a very clean way and personal way that people can meditate. So please go to different station and receive the communion today but before we do that I want to pray for us. Shall we look to the Lord in prayer? before we pray? Can you just give a time, some time, some meditation? Think about the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. What it means to you. pray that you will receive it with the right spirit if it is needed. We dedicate if it is needed. Thank you for the body that was broken for us. Father, we thank you for the blood that was shed for us, that we may receive forgiveness and believe into salvation and into eternal life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hear our prayers. As we come to the table, we want to feel like we're coming to you. We're coming to your embrace. We're coming to your love. We're coming to your compassion. and empower us to do your work as we go out from here because we have we have encountered you this morning